It's Christmas Day 2023. My name's State Representative Walter Hudson out of Minnesota. And uh, rather than give the typical kind of syrupy, non-substantive Merry Christmas post, I thought I would take the time, uh, step away from festivities, to take the time to talk about why this day matters to folks like myself, Bible-believing Christians, who actually take this stuff seriously. For us, it's it's not just a time to get together with family. It's not just a time to exchange presents. It's a time to celebrate the fact that a Savior was born uh, who has made things right and has claimed victory over things like death, <laughs> which is kind of a big deal, right? It has tremendous consequence to our lives and to the way we ought to live our lives, the way we ought to conduct ourselves, and the gratitude and the joy that we ought to proceed through our walk in the world with. And that just has such an incredible impact upon our approach to literally every ministry in our life. And that's how we view living, whether it's our family, our church, our community, our jobs, politics, the way we vote, everything is a ministry. It's, it's how we treat our neighbors. Everything we do is an exercise in treating our neighbors as we would want to be treated, following that commandment from our Lord. And I want to I want to go into a little bit of the kind of the intellectual justification for all of this because I know that for, you know, in our modern age we live in a very materialistic society, a society that dismisses and ridicules and completely poo-poos the notion of the spiritual uh, and there being any sort of transcendent meaning to our lives and to the world in which we live. And there's this very concerted and way too successful effort to divorce faith from practical day-to-day -day living. And the church has been guilty of this, by the way. Uh, and, and that's a large part of the reason why the effort has been as successful as it has been is we've kind of conceded this point that we ought to keep our faith under a blanket on Sundays to take out and play with for a couple of hours and then put back away for the rest of the week. And that's just, it's not being, it's not paying due homage to the truth of what it is that we claim to believe and the impact that it probably ought to have on the totality of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what I want to do today is I want to kind of start from scratch. Uh, and, you know, obviously I'm not going to, this is going to be less than 10 minutes, so I'm not going to be able to go into every detail, but kind of build the intellectual case for why I believe what I believe and why Christians believe what they believe about the world that we live in. And of course it starts with the undeniable truth that God exists. Romans 1 tells us that people are without excuse because it has been revealed to them by creation, by nature, through general revelation, that God is real. And this has never been more true than it is in the year 2023. Charles Darwin, who is still held up by the regressive academic scientific establishment as kind of a pinnacle of intellectual achievement, he himself expressed doubt about his own theory, stating that if it was ever discovered that the, the systems that keep life in place were irreducibly complex, that his entire theory would fall apart like a house of cards. And indeed, that has happened. We now know that the, the, the basic cellular systems and even just the, the biological functions 
that need to mesh in a particular order in a particular way in order to keep us and animal and plant life alive are irreducibly complex. They are not things that could have possibly resulted from random chance mutation or, or the kind of the basis of Darwinian macroevolutionary theory. On top of that, even more compelling is the discovery of DNA, which happened well after Darwin passed away. It happened in the 50s, I believe. And DNA is the instruction manual that our cells use to literally stitch us together. It is information. It is an instruction book, a guidebook on how to make a person, how to make a living organism, how to stitch together proteins. And we know that the only known source of information is intelligence. This is not disputable. You cannot get organized information with practical utility unless it has been designed, unless it is the product of an intelligence. So when people claim, and Christians are as guilty of this as anyone, that, well, you know, you can't prove that God doesn't exist and you also can't prove that he does. To hell with that. We have proven that he does exist because we literally couldn't exist otherwise. It is impossible for the information which our cells use to stitch us together and keep our hearts beating to exist without a supreme intelligence having crafted that. And so, you know, once you've established that, the fact that God does exist and there's just no possibility that uh, that we and the universe itself could exist without a God, then the next question becomes, well, which God, right? Because there's lots of different ideas out there about, you know, who God is and what his nature is and whether or not he's a, a person or force or you know, whatever the case may be. And there are, are plenty of compelling points that point to the God of the Bible, the God of the New Testament, in link with the old, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, walking among us, as the answer to that question. And I think that one of the most compelling pieces for me, because just a little bit of my personal history, I did not grow up a Bible-believing Christian, I grew up in a, a different kind of a sect that was very repressive, and it, they didn't offer you reasons for why they believed what they believed. They just said, you damn well better believe it. And so when I escaped that as a young adult, I had to start from scratch and rebuild my entire worldview. And so what I believe, what I've chosen to believe, my biblical Christian worldview has been built from the ground up in terms of testing premises, finding them to be true, and then adopting them until I got to the point where I'm like, this is correct. The Christian worldview is true. The Bible knows what it's talking about. And one of those kind of proofs or evidences has just been the world as such, like looking around at how the world is, how people are, and the relationship between Christ and his followers, and the rest of the world. You cannot deny the fact that Christ lies at the absolute center of virtually every conflict. He, he stands on the front of every cultural conflict that we have in our society, both internally, domestically, within our families, within our societies, internationally, around the world. Jesus Christ stands at the front and center of all of it. Because if you were to accept that Christ is who he said he was, 
which is to say that he is God incarnate, that he came here to put sin to death, to claim victory over death, and to free us to live in liberty to his glory. If you accept that, you are going to behave in a manner that is grateful to and responsive of and worshipful of that personage and what he achieved and what he accomplished. The real telltale sign to me that there's power in Christ's name is how angry people get when you evoke it. Just look in the comment section of wherever you found this posted, all right, and you will find it. People are so angry whenever they hear the name Jesus Christ. It upsets them to no end. And the reason why is found in John 3.19, which I have hanging outside my office in the state office building in the capital of St. Paul in Minnesota, which reads, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. There may be no truer statement ever uttered in the history of mankind. People hate the light because they want to keep their deeds, which they know are evil in their heart because the, the, the law is written on the hearts of man within our conscience. They know the things they are doing are wrong. They know the content of their own mind. They know the content of their own heart and they are rightfully ashamed of it. And here comes the light to expose the truth of it. And so they shun from it. They love the darkness. They want to comfort themselves in self-imposed ignorance. And that is what they do. Romans 1 talks about being turned over to a debased mind. And that's the thing. When you page through scripture, and I challenge you, if you haven't done it, read the Bible. Start in Romans. Start in John. Read these passages. And I challenge you to find anything less than truth in them. These, these passages explain literally everything that you see happening around you at any given time. There is no book that has ever been written throughout the history of mankind that provides a clearer and more trustworthy account of human nature, why it is the way it is, and the one path to fixing it. So Merry Christmas. Enjoy time with your family. Enjoy your gifts. Enjoy this time of the year. Happy New Year. Let's have a new beginning and define it by exploring the scriptures and considering the claims of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Good night.